Thanks for checking out the Southcrest Church Podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find us online at southcrest.church, where you can listen to our past sermons, watch our 4G stories, and learn more about who we are. Let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God today. Hey, what's up, Southcrest? How we doing? You all right? Good, good, excellent. Uh, I just want to welcome you guys uh, to Southcrest Church. We are live between uh, two cities. We have our LaGrange campus live as well. They're down 30 miles south of us. They're live right now. And uh, man, we are one church, two locations with a big, big vision of seeing uh, South Atlanta reached one relationship at a time, man. And so I'm telling you, being here at Southcrest, is, it's an exciting time. And I'm telling you, 2017 is going to be a year to remember in the life of our church. There's a lot of stuff happening. And uh, I'm so excited to be on staff. It's a privilege. It's an absolute privilege to be here. Uh, today, you know, we're kind of right in the middle of a series. We just ended the That's Crazy series. Really, that, that series was just talking about faith and how to live in faith. And we're about to ramp up our December series. And uh, they kind of stuck me in the middle here, right here during Thanksgiving, to kind of talk on whatever I want. So I got the mic, and you guys got to listen. So, no, I'm gonna, I, I get the privilege of serving here on Creative Arts team and uh, doing the worship and and the, the band and stuff. And so occasionally it's cool that we get the opportunity to speak on worship and more specifically this idea of praise. Everybody say praise. Praise, praise yes. You know, as a Christian, our life should be wrapped up in this idea of worship, that we are to offer ourselves as a worship offering to the Lord. And underneath this umbrella of worship, I feel like there are many, many subsets that basically encompass this idea of worship, right? So what are some forms of worship, man? Well, we can pray. We can get alone before the Lord and, you know, in our room or in our cars, we're driving to work and we can pray. That's worship. We can spend time in community, uh, in a life group, and we can just break bread and hang out and we can talk about Jesus and what he's doing in our life, man. That's, that's worship. We can give our offerings, tithes and offerings, man. We're commanded to do that in the Bible. And, and when we do that sacrificially and obediently, man, that is an act of worship. And we can come to church, man, and we can, we can share Jesus with a coworker. And all these subsets up underneath this umbrella of worship is, is basically what we're supposed to live our life doing. And I believe that, that praise is a subset Underneath this idea of worship, though very similar to this worship word, praise, I feel, is very distinct. And I want to take just a few minutes and break that down for you, if that's cool. Um, turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms 150. Uh, if you've got your iPhone or your iPad or whatever other I thing you got, or, or if you have paper Bible, that's cool too. Turn with me to Psalms 150. You know, if you're a Christian in here, you know that the idea of praise is a command, that we're commanded to praise God, right? It's, it's why we were created. We were created to give praise, and we were to, we're to glorify God and to worship Him, and we're commanded to praise Him. You know, the shorter catechism says this, that man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever, we have an entire book of the Bible uh, called Psalms, uh, literally translated book of praise, right? It's uh, David right here, David and Solomon, all these people, they, they, they lived a life of praise and they gave us a really cool picture as to how to praise God. And there's some things I want to break down for us. Psalms 150, it'll be right here on the screen if you want uh, to follow along here as well. It says, praise the Lord. 
Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. And let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you are sitting up in this room, you are breathing. So what's the command? That we are to praise the Lord. Man, what a cool passage of scripture. I love that section of Psalms right there. So I want to walk through three ideas with you real quick. These three points are praise is public, praise is proof, and praise is powerful. Praise is public, proof, and it's powerful, okay? This first idea, praise is public. And what I mean by that is praise is an outward expression. It's visible. Praise is always seen. Our definition of praise in the English language is this. It's the expression of approval or admiration for someone or something. It's an expression. And interesting, as I studied this idea of praise, you know, in in the English language, we've summed a bunch of words, kind of this big ocean of an idea into this one word called praise. But the reality, praise is a very deep word and it's very, it's just so rich. And I want to walk you through just a couple of ideas. And these are the seven words of praise. We're not going to spend too much time here. We could spend uh, probably a whole sermon per word, but I'm just going to blow through these to give you an idea or an overview of what praise meant whenever they were saying it back in Psalms, when David was was speaking these words and singing these words. The first word is halal. Everybody say halal. Excellent. You guys are Hebrew scholars. Congratulations. This is uh, where we get our word hallelujah. It's to be clear, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave about, man, to party, right? To celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. When's the last time we've been clamorously Foolish, man. It's been a while for me, right? It's this idea that we are to talk wildly and to have such excitement before the Lord that we are going to rave about Jesus, man. We're going to rave about him for what he's done in our life, what he's going to do in our life, what he set us free from, how he's rescued us, man. We are going to celebrate the idea that God is worthy to be praised. You know, Halal is the word in Psalms 150, that that Psalms that we just read. So you could almost read it like this. Celebrate the Lord. Rave about God in a sanctuary. And you could just keep on going down through these ideas and just replace those words there. Act clamorously foolish before the Lord. And uh, David understood what it means to, to halal the Lord. The next one. This is Yadah. This means to the extended hand, to throw out the hand, therefore to worship with extended hand. There's tons of references here where that, by, where that word is found. And that's, you know, the, the worship guys up here, Trey um, and, and Caleb, and when they ask us, hey man, everybody, let's lift our hands and praise God and, and worship him. They're not asking us to do that so we get a cool response from the audience. They're asking us to align with God's word to say, we're going to give God worship in this way that he has commanded us. It's such a cool form of worship because what it is, it's an attitude of saying, God, I love you. God, I surrender my life to you. God, I give you everything that I have. It's a a great way to worship the Lord. The next one, Uh, Todah, very similar. The extension of the hand in adoration, a vow or acceptance. I love this. Thanking God for things not yet received. What an incredible way to worship Jesus. 
It's, it's, it's the same as in a court of law, basically saying, I'm, I, I'm, you swear in, I promise to speak the truth. And God, I'm praying for God. I'm, I'm asking you to show up in my life in this way right here. I'm asking you, God, to, to, to deliver me from this idea. Or I'm praying about this relationship. And you know, it hasn't happened just yet. But I'm going to lift my hands and praise you. Because I, even though I haven't received it, your word is true. And I worship you with an extended hand. The next one is Shabak. Everybody say Shabak. Man, boom. You guys are on it. That means to shout, to address in a loud tone, to command, to triumph. Man, I, I, when I was writing this down and studying this, I was like, man, when's the last time I shouted uh, for, for Jesus, man? This idea is just basically getting excited about the testimony of what God has done in your life. And we can do that through shouting. And we can do that through triumphing and saying, God, you are so good. And you know, we don't shout to, to be a sh- put on a show or we don't shout to have joy. Man, listen, because of what Jesus has done for me, I have joy, and therefore, I'm going to shout. Does that make sense? Yeah, man, that's awesome. The next one is Barack, right? Not Barack Obama, but Bar- just Barack. That means to kneel down to bless God as an act of adoration. What a cool way to worship Jesus, of just getting before the Lord and kneeling down and just saying, God, your word says that you resist the proud and you give grace to the humble. And God, I submit my life to you And I honor you. And I even align my physical body to the idea that I surrender every place to you, Jesus. And I'm going to live a life of Barak. I'm going to live a life of surrender and putting myself low. Because God, it says that you exalt and you uplift the humble. And God, I'm going to give this to you each and every day. I'm going to kneel before you. I'm going to put myself low. In my bedroom, right before I go to bed, uh, I could do it. I, it doesn't matter where you do it. You can do it anywhere, whenever you are, are, are thinking about the Lord and, and you want to worship him that way. The next one is Zamar, right? This is the rock and roll version, right? To pluck the strings of an instrument, to sing, to praise, musical word, which is largely involved with joyful expressions of music with musical instruments, right? Every Sunday morning, we come in here, we have a killer band that plays. Man, let's give it up for the band. Gosh, the bands, these guys are ridiculous. LaGrange, your band's awesome too. Give it up for them. And uh, man, that we're not doing the, the music thing uh, just to have the coolest church and to have the greatest sound. And we want to be rock and roll and we want to be this attractional idea. And man, we want to be excellent. But really, we're, com- we're commanded right here to break out the guitars, man, to buy these pedals and, and to just, man, turn it up for Jesus and to sing along. You know, when, when, when these songs are being played, you know, God has asked us to sing, to sing the words and to praise him with the lyrics that are written uh, to, to these songs. That is praise to, to the Lord. And uh, the last one is tehillah, um, the sing of laws. Remember the first word, to uh, perceive to involve music, especially with singing hymns of the spirit. Man, when you express extravagant praise to God, that is given him tehillah. Right, when the songs are fired up and you guys are, are, are the band's playing and you're singing at the top of your lungs every lyric because of what God has done for you, that's giving Him praise. So that's why I feel like praise is a little bit distinct from this idea of worship because worship can be reverent, worship can be thoughts to the Lord, worship can be meditation, worship can be reading, but praise is always seen 
And praise is always heard. Praise is always seen. And praise is always heard. C.S. Lewis says it like this. Man, I love reading Lewis. This is his uh, thought on praise. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it's expressed. The delight is incomplete until it's expressed. You know, one of the very simple illustrations that we go to all the time is college football. We have a pastor who loves college football. A lot of you guys love college football. We have no problem snatching our shirt off and painting a sword thing on our stomach. We got no issue with that. You know, and for a lot of us college fans, man, we wrap our cars in bumper stickers and we fly flags and we buy t-shirts and, and jerseys and things like that. And all that is amazing and great. Your team needs your support. But that's the kind of praise that God is asking us to step into for him. Think about it like this, right? Your, t- your college team is down. The, the stadium's full. Everybody's on pins and needles. They score the final touchdown to win the game. What if the entire stadium was like this? Hey, Nick Saban, I'm praising you right here in my heart. I just want you to know. It's right. It's right. It's right here. Just want you to know. We're celebrating. It's like quiet. We're just standing there. No, man, the stadium just, they go nuts, man. They literally tearing the walls down. They are pumped because their enjoyment in their team scoring a football, uh, scoring a touchdown and winning the football game is incomplete until it is expressed. Think about your love for your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. What if you, like, right, you know, what if I told Kathy right when we got married, hey, babe, just want to go ahead and settle this right now. I love you in my heart. That's it. Okay. <laughs> From now on, no, I'd be in big time trouble, man. I've got to tell her I love her. I got to tell her she looks beautiful. I got to post photos. I got to express my love for her because I delight in her. I delight in her knowing that I love her. You know, if our praise isn't on display for Jesus, we need to ask ourselves this question, do I delight in the Lord? Do you delight in Jesus? If you're not willing to sing out and lift your hands and kneel down and clap your hands and sing along and sing lyrics to Jesus and and praise his name, you got to ask the question, do I actually delight in the Lord? Because Lewis says, maybe not because it's not expressed. So I want to challenge us today, even myself, when I don't feel like it, man, I need to give God praise. Praise is a willing sacrifice. Praise is a willing sacrifice, man. If lifting your hands to Jesus isn't the natural form of praising God, we need to do that until it becomes the natural form of praising God. If singing, maybe, hey, man, I don't have a great voice, or hey, I'm a man of few words, Uh, I don't want to sing out. Well, you know, I want to encourage you to step out as a willing sacrifice to sing to the Lord, to praise his name, to give him all those words we just looked at, halal and tehillah and all that, man, to sing out and to give him praise because he's worthy of it. I I remember the first time I lifted my hands for the very first time. Uh, Harrison, Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati, my, my dad was a student pastor, Harrison Christian Center, very small town. And, um, he was a great example. He always, I mean, he loves praise and worship. He loves studying this stuff. And uh, he would always lift his hands. He would always sing. He'd always clap. He would always, you know, do those seven words. And, 
And uh, I just remember I was just a little kid, and I was just looking at my dad lifting his hands, and so I had my hands in my pocket, and I was just, ready, you know, I was just getting geared up. I was like, I just, I'm going to do this thing. So I went from about here to about here, and then it's, it's Ohio, so it's cold, so I was just warming my hands up. <laughs> I'm looking around like, is anybody looking at me? And the reality is nobody is looking at you, and they're not, they don't care what you do, right? And so I just remember, here we go, and I did it, right? And I just did it. It was just amazing. It was such a cool connection to Jesus. And I was saying, God, I surrender my life to you physically. Not in here. Of course we do it in here, right? But physically giving surrender to the Lord. Praising God is a function of the will, and we must will and determine to do it, even if we don't feel like it. I've heard the argument, Matt, but, but I don't feel like it. Matt, I want it to be authentic, right? Eugene Peterson says this. He's the guy that wrote the Message Bible. He says, we think that if we don't feel something, that there can be no authenticity in doing it. But the wisdom of God says something different. That we can act ourselves into a new way of feeling much quicker than we can feel ourselves into a new way of acting. Let me give you this thought. If praising God always comes from a place of what he's done for you, it will always be authentic. It will always be authentic. If you're thankful that he has saved you, guess what? It's going to come from an authentic place when you sing lyrics about him, when you lift your hands, and when you praise, and when you clap, and when you express your love and adoration for him. It will be authentic. This next one, praise is proof. Everybody say proof. Y'all still with me? Excellent. Right on. Praise is proof. And what I mean by this is simply this. Praising God is proof that we believe God. Praising God is proof that we believe God. You know, you and I, we can hop on Facebook and immediately see what people endorse and what they like. Now, outside of the, the, the stars and the athletes that are paid to endorse products, you can get on our Facebook page and pretty quickly find out the restaurants we love, the, the, the stuff we buy, the cars, you know, we, we just, we put that out there. It's proof we love whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And so it's proof we praise that item and say, you got to go try this restaurant or you got to get whatever, you know. Um, it's proof that we like that stuff. Never do we throw, never do we, okay, think of a restaurant you hate, right? When's the last time you just put that up and said, you guys got to go try, well, I won't bash any restaurants, but we don't do that, man. Praise is proof that we believe God. When we give God praise, we are saying, God, I believe you. God, I believe you. For those of you in here that are, that are saved and Christians in here, man, when we praise God, we're essentially saying, God, I, my faith is in you. My hope is in you. You, are, you have called me into relationship with you. One day I'm going to get to spend eternity in heaven with you. So therefore, I praise you. 1 Peter 1, 3-5 says this, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Praise be to God for saving us, man. Right? right? Man, it's, well, he's worthy of that, man. For, for a lot of us, he's delivered us from things. Maybe, maybe he's delivered you from some fear. 
Maybe you have a checkered past, right? And, and maybe you've been just dealing with shame and you can't just, ex- for some reason, accept his grace and forgiveness. You wear the decisions maybe that you've made and, and maybe God's delivered you from that shame or that guilt or, or maybe you're lonely. Maybe you haven't had this, the, the opportunity to find uh, a soulmate, a boyfriend, girlfriend, a husband, a wife, and you're lonely. Maybe God has rescued you and delivered you from that. Psalms 18, one through three says this. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my mountain, where I seek refuge. You're my, sh- my shield and my horn of salvation, my stronghold. Next slide there. I called to the Lord who was worthy of praise, and I was saved from my enemies. Man, what an incredible perspective David had on being saved, right? And let me, let me offer this to, to you as well. Maybe you're still asking for this. Maybe you're still asking God to deliver you from some fears or, or guilt or shame that, that, that you may be dealing with. I want to encourage you, that is also proof that you believe God, that he's going to rescue you when you offer him praise. Next one, man, maybe God has uh, set you free from addictions. Man, there's a lot of you, I've had conversations with people that have been set free from alcohol addictions or drug addictions. Man, maybe you've been set free from worry or anxiety. You know, just to be transparent before you right now, I know, I know I'm the preacher guy, I'm supposed to have it all together, but man, I, I worry. Y'all, I worry. Can I, just, can I just speak for a second, man? I worry. I'm a worrier. You know, and for the past six months, man, I've been really worried about my health for some reason. And I'm just burdened and, and just, just beat up with this idea, constantly analyzing my, you know, whatever's going on. Oh, I just felt a little dizzy. I wonder if that's brain, you know, it's like, I just, I just constantly, man, and I'm probably a mild hypochondriac. And I, my prayers over the past few weeks are like, God, your burden is easy and your, your yoke is light. God, I cast my burdens upon you because you care for me, God. And I'm going to praise you, God. And I'm asking you to take that off of me and remove that. You know, we had an issue at the house, right? A plumbing issue cost us $1,600 that we did not have. And now I'm worrying about the house falling apart constantly. And I'm asking the Lord to remove that from me as well, right? I'm asking to say, God, take that worry off of me. I praise you because you deliver me. You're my shield, God. You're the one that can hold this thing together. You're the one that keeps my heart beating, not me. What's worry going to add to this? And so I choose to praise God. You know, for a lot of you in here, God's healed you. God has healed you. Um, oh, let me back up Psalms 118 real quick. It says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. He answered me and he set me free. He set me free. He set me free from the worry and the addiction. And he's worthy to be praised. For some of us, Psalms 30, he's healed you, man. I love this. Psalms 30, I'll exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me, my Lord, my God. I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. Praising God is proof that we believe God. It's proof that we are thankful for his sacrifice and for what he's done. And this last idea is praise is powerful. Everybody say powerful. Praise is powerful. This is a photo of a Honda CBR. 
Amen. This is a photo of a Honda CBR. The, the year was 2002. I was a student pastor in LaGrange, Georgia. I had a student who showed up in one of these brand new motorcycles. Everybody's hanging out in the parking lot, probably 50 kids just hanging out. He pulls up. I'm like, dude, look at him. He's awesome. Look how cool he is. I need to ride this bike. Side note, I've never been on a motorcycle. Just, uh, I just want to offer that to you real quick. So I'm like, Ethan, come over here, man. I'm going to take this thing for a ride. So I hop on this bike. I've always heard these things were fast. So I was like, yeah, these things are fast. So I get on it and I get off to a shaky start and I'm cruising around this parking lot. And in between our church property and Troop High School in LaGrange, there's a strip of land. I go around once. I come back around. I'm like, I'm going to goose this thing. I want to know what kind of power this thing has, right? So, of course, I, I goose it. Dude, I had no idea the amount of power these motorcycles have. It threw me back. I couldn't even get to the... I'm surprised I didn't come off of the bike. All of a sudden, I'm going through this field, right? I didn't turn. For some reason, I goosed it right at the turn. So I'm like going through this field. 50 students are laughing their heads off at me. And all of a sudden, I, I wreck it. I lay it down. And I was like, that was awesome, man. That was incredible. Ethan wasn't too happy. He was upset. I had no idea the power that thing had. I'd only heard people talking about it. I'd only read about it. I watched videos about it. I had no idea. The next week, I had another friend who had another bike because uh, Ethan wasn't going to let me borrow it. So I had to borrow Kevin's, right? So I didn't tell him that. I just wrecked it, man. And, and so I borrowed Kevin's. And, I, dude, I just loved those sport bikes. They're so fast and such m- just mean machines. And the power is incredible. And I want you to know that that praise is very similar. If you have yet to live a life of praise, you may have heard and you may read, good Lord, all all of the stuff that David has to say about praise and what praise can do for you, and yet you haven't engaged in it, I want to encourage you to engage in it. Let praise become something that is very natural. Praise can change our perspective on our circumstances. Praise is powerful, right? I didn't say praise can change your perspective or your circumstances, but it can change your perspective. Psalms 13 says this. David, right? He's just in a really bad spot. How long, Lord, would you, will you forgive me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? And how long will my enemies triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, Lord God. Give me light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemies will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Tough spot, right? You would say he's in a bad spot. So what does he do? But I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. And that's verse 6, and it flips for him. But I will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. Hold on. I just thought he was in the worst spot ever. I thought he was about to die. I thought he, his foes were about to overtake him. And all of a sudden he chooses to praise and he remembers how good the Lord is for him and how good the Lord is to him. Incredible power that praise has. It can change our circumstances. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, Matt, you know, I, where, where is God in my loss? Or where is God in my fight for my marriage? Or where is God? I'm dealing with this. Where, where is God, Matt? I don't know. Why would God allow this to happen? Where is God? Well, I want to offer to you that God is actually found in praise. Psalms 22.3 says that he inhabits the praises of his people. He's actually enthroned in the praises of his people. So I would offer to you that God is found 
in praise. And it has the power to change our circumstances. Our pastor said it before. He's like, man, it's probably time that we stop talking about how big our mountain is to God and start talking to our mountain about how big our God is. It's magnifying our Savior over magnifying our problems, right? It's magnifying Jesus saying, God, you own it all. You've made it all, and I praise you. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. You made it all. I trust you, and I praise you, man. Praise is powerful. And this last thing, praise has the power to defeat the enemy, man. Uh, you know, just doing a quick study on all of this, man, there's so many instances in the Bible where people put praise before an, a fight, a battle, before David. And so, I mean, just tons of uh, instances in the Bible where, where this happens. And one of the, my favorite is in Second Chronicles 20. King Jehoshaphat, real quick. Uh, king Jehoshaphat is, is king over Judah. And three other cities join together and say, Judah, we're coming before you. We're going to kill you. You're, you're done. Jehoshaphat freaks out. He gets before the Lord. He prays. He says, God, what, what do I do? What, what do I do? This massive army is coming after me. Um, so the Lord says to Jehoshaphat, hey, guess what? I'm going to fight this battle for you. Hang out. You're going to be good. Here's what I want you to do. And then we pick up in verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of uh, Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. That's the choir robes, y'all. They had choir robes back then. Holy attire. Um, as they went before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Um, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. Next slide there. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. Listen, when our praise is on display, it's powerful, right? You and I, we don't battle against flesh and blood. Our real battle is against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. We see that in God's word here. And I want to encourage you, man, when you are fighting an enemy, when you're fighting a battle, when you're wrestling through something, maybe you're fighting an addiction, maybe, I don't, I don't know what you're dealing with, but maybe you're battling something. I want, I want to submit to you this idea of praising God, putting Him first, putting Him in right perspective, aligning yourself underneath Him. A lot of times we get the order out of place, right? We think that it's us that can control our lives and it's us who, who can fight this battle. But in reality, it's the Lord. If we'll just honor Him, glorify Him, lift Him up, He'll go before us and fight it. He'll fight this battle. I mean, the walls of Jericho, all, all these super cool stories about how praise actually defeats the enemy. The Lord will fight our battles for us if we are willing to praise him. Let's bow our heads and pray. I'm going to ask the band to come out. Um, and we're going to kind of put this into uh, practice for, for a moment. Um, but let's pray for a moment. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. Remember, you can find more sermons just like this one on our website at southcrest.church. If you have any questions about our church, email us at hello at southcrest.tv. We'll see you next time.